0: Jason Podcast, a once a week update on all things, food, family, community, gardening, whatever. we call it sidecar. If it has to do with the rituals around food and holidays, making food or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during the important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. Welcome to the middle of May. We are full on in strawberry season here. And yesterday for the first time, I got some really nice sweet ones and I'll talk about that in a bit, but first to the heart of the podcast this week. I really struggled with this one this week. I think because I made a throwaway comment on Twitter about my chocolate closet and folks really wanted to know more about that. And to be honest, it brings me shame. Let me explain. I think I have touched on here, maybe a few times because it's a bit of an echoing refrain, that while I did not grow up in abject poverty, we did not have money for anything other than the very basics, and those basics were very basic. So when I became a person with her own job and money, I self-soothed all my past hurts by knowing that I could buy what I want, within reason, of course. And while the things that I want are usually never expensive or extravagant, see that 20 Dollar ladybug bubble machine from two weeks ago, I do sometimes go overboard with the small things. Gifts, getting them and giving them, is definitely my love language, and I will admit that I buy them for myself thinking they will fix whatever broken bits inside me that are still there rattling around inside my brain or my soul. And when I got into knitting, I had to have all the yarn. And when I was sewing, I had to have all the sewing machines and all the notions in the fabric. I have four machines, including an embroidery machine and a serger, and yet I haven't pulled them out in over 10 years because even though I love sewing, it was always a social thing for me, and I can't find people down here who sew who are like-minded, and the same with knitting and needlepoint, which brings us to the chocolate closet. Those of you who follow me on Twitter know how much I love community, and maybe that's my real love language and about how much I love being part of a group of people who care for one another. I've always been a person who loves to put together packages of treats for other people. When I was just a small person, my sister and I would build little May Day baskets out of wildflowers and twigs and deliver them to the doors of all our elder neighbors on our little dirt lane in Connecticut. Tiny baskets of violets and lilies of the valley and other spring ephemerals. And as I got older, it was Easter baskets and Christmas stockings and cookies and boxes of joy. And I was able to keep on top of all this stuff I collected because so much of it went right back out the door in the form of all these surprises for other people. But when I moved to Virginia, and I know this is a sad refrain for you uh, way too often for me, but I don't have friends here. It's like living in an airport hotel with people who are just here until the next thing comes and then they're gone. And I've been here for 14 years, and I think we've been invited to dinner at someone's house twice. And if it wasn't for our friends, our dear, dear friends, Ned and Lynn, I'd have no friends at all, really. Coming from a place where communal dinners and Sunday morning coffee and cake and the sharing of tools so that not everyone has to buy the same things and just hanging out happens several times a week at someone's house, often mine, this is just something that's hard for me to still accept 14 years later little spoiler alert inside my childhood here our house growing up was never the house where people came over it was cold literally and figuratively i was always at other people's houses i actually lived at other people's houses if you follow the pod you know this about me and when i got my own house in providence with its huge kitchen it became the place where people came and gathered and were fed and were safe and were loved and i that may have been the happiest i've ever been when I could be that place for others. But back to Virginia. My collecting of things for Easter baskets and Christmas stockings and hostess gifts and all that, it didn't stop because the curating of all of those special items bring me joy, but the giving of all of those items, the second part of that job, did. And then came COVID and all the panic about that with its own set of childhood terrors that came back into my life. And everything from work moved home for the last two plus years. And then cancer came a-calling, and my ability to manage everything just failed me. And now my house is, I am quite ashamed to say, impossible. I even tried to hire a cleaning service last year to come help me while I was in active treatment for the cancer, and while I appreciated and noted after the fact that the dude was a complete asshole right-winger wearing the old racist mascot of the Washington football team who had no business crossing my threshold, that he said his cleaning service couldn't help me because my countertops were too cluttered with small appliances and stuff. Well, that was mortifying, and I have been unable to face calling another service again, for fear of the same or worse response. Friends have offered to come down from New England and elsewhere and help, but I am too horrified by the state of things here. Plus, everyone is allergic to cats, and even a clean house is going to have cat hair. I've tried the Marie Kondo method, but everything sparks joy. That's why I have it. And so I am stuck. Plus, the environmentalist in me will not let me just throw everything away that needs to go, even though there's stuff that isn't even fit for charity. And honestly, too many people give things that should be thrown away to charity. And that's just yucky. And a professional organizer can't help me until I'm able to make space for things to get organized into. I don't want friends to see this. I want complete strangers to come and just make it cleaner so that I can concentrate on decluttering. So this is not what I was going to talk about today. To be honest, I don't always know what I'm going to talk about until I sit down and start writing. I have a list in one of my note-taking apps where I put ideas and I look at it a few times a week and of course add to it. And if something happens during the week that resonates with something on the list, then we have a bingo. But yesterday I really struggled with the idea of exposing what I know is not a moral failing, But a simple, mediocre housekeeping skills because it isn't fun and I'm busy, coupled with childhood trauma of not having enough and now being able to have plenty and a dollop of chronic illness on top. But that doesn't keep me from feeling mortified and humiliated about it. And while I will stop short of saying my podcasts are about accountability, I will say there is something cathartic about them that I think it helps me get to a place where I can muster up the courage to actually call another cleaning company. And maybe that cleaning company will just come and do the kitchens and the bathrooms to start. And that will nudge me onto a path of being handled, being able to handle my own mess emotionally and physically. And I bet you one of those sees Easter chocolates from the chocolate closet that the person who comes to clean my house will become a bestie after the first few visits. Okay. So at some point, I'll work all of this out in therapy, but this is not that week. So let's talk about food holidays and all the stuff from the farmer's market, okay? Yesterday, we went to a new-to-us farmer's market in City of Falls Church. And sometime I will explain to you all about the cities inside the counties and why it is both interesting and maddening in a hole inside the beltway versus outside the beltway or blast zones, as I like to call them. But today I will just tell you that most of the farmers markets in Fairfax County, where I have my job job, are run by the Fairfax County Park Authority, but there, there are several that are run by the governments of the cities and towns inside the county or by other nonprofits that put together terrific markets. This is one of those markets, and it is markedly, no pun intended, different. But it wasn't until I was walking out of the market that, that I realize that there were almost no plastic bags. Most of the vendors either didn't have plastic bags up hanging from their structures, or if they did have any, they were at the back where you pay, so you had to ask for a bag or were offered a bag at checkout. This is a big deal because for the past several years that I have been with my job job, working, urging, begging, and pleading for the Fairfax County Park Authority to please move towards a plastic bag-free farmer's market, I was not getting any traction. The work and the research that we've done with the farmer's market has suggested that people use far more plastic bags at farmer's markets than they do at actual grocery stores, which is just obscene. And one of the first places that should be plastic bag free is the farmer's market, considering how much damage plastic bags and plastic film does to both animal farms and growing farms. I could do several podcasts about this sort of thing, so I'll leave off here. But suffice it to say that I was so excited to see that this market is moving in the right direction. And let me know if you want me to talk about more things about environmental stuff related to food on the pod, because man, oh, man, do I have stuff to talk about. Now, here's what we got there. Drinkable yogurt and peach, raspberry, and honey flavors. Now, I really love yogurt, and when I'm not feeling great, which is often these days, it's one of those things I can choke down to get calories and nutrition in me. We don't have any dairies at our farmer's market out west that carry drinkable yogurt, though, so this was a nice surprise. And back when we lived in Fairfax County, which was... 13 years ago, I think we found this dairy at one of the markets that had a drinkable yogurt, and then we lost track of them. And either this is the same dairy or a different one, but it doesn't matter because I am just glad that we found them. Also, some hand-blended black tea, including one that is raising money for Ukraine nonprofits, some fresh pasta that we'll have for dinner tonight with some brown butter sage sauce that they also made and sold, and maybe a little piece of meat of some kind, More strawberries that were at least 177% better than the ones I got at Thursday at our farmer's market. Uh, But they also had a great mushroom vendor, lots of cheese and meat sales, a jam vendor, plenty of produce vendors, honey, dog treats, and hot sauces. We had to kind of uh, park far away, which was fine because we could get a nice walk in. And while we won't go every Saturday to this one because it was 21 miles away, which in northern Virginia is like a 300-mile drive, we will probably try to go monthly. At today's farmer's market, we got our usual things, plants for the garden, which, by the way, is still unplanted. I have to spend some time cleaning up the beds and getting plants in the ground this week. Some kettle corn and cheese popcorn from our favorite kettle corn couple, Craig and June, who also have this little ice cream side hustle. And the ice cream is so good. I can't even tell you how good it is. I actually bought myself a little um, pint container that you put ice cream in for when you go to ice cream stores so you can take it with you to go. Um, Where was I? Um, I, Oh, I... uh, Craig and June, who have a little ice cream side hustle, who will be using some of my homemade strawberry sauce at um, at a fall festival that they're doing, and I also got some broccoli. I took some pictures of some of the really good-looking produce, so check out the blog at twochocolatecakes.com for those, and I'll also put them on Twitter. Every year, I document the farmer's market in pictures because the colors and textures are so beautiful, and I make a calendar out of it. And that will probably one, be one of the Patreon surprises, although... I guess that's not a surprise now. Well, maybe you'll forget about it by then. At yesterday's farmer's market in City of Falls Church, there were lots of baby squash, zucchini, and cucumbers, but we didn't see any at today's, nor did I see any peas at either of them, which honestly we should have by now, but maybe they had the same problem that I did, and that was that we had a few hard freezes in April, and then the squirrels ate all of the seeds that did germinate. And speaking of germination, We finally got several of the hot pepper seeds to germinate in the greenhouse some two months later, by the way, even a few tomatoes. And I had thought that they had suffered a similar fate with the very warm weather that we had in April, and then the several hard freezes. One of our super Patreons wanted more information about how we use the greenhouse. And I'll tell you um, that it's a great thing if you use it right. We really should have been paying more attention to the nighttime temperatures and running a low heater at night, plus a fan and venting on the very warm days. Using it just as a po- uh, passive solar room is fine, but this year it definitely did not work out for us that way. None of my zinnias or other cutting flowers, which I have to grow myself because no one sells the kind of stuff like that around here, which is a rant for another day, came up probably because of the high heat and then the freeze. I can probably try again now with good results, but now I'm a month behind. I've been able to buy some of the zinnias I like at the farmer's market, and I got some Cosmos, Tithonia, Snapdragons, Blue Salvia, Nicotiana at assorted garden centers around here. But I haven't been able to find any Cleomi, which is a spider flower that the butterflies and the bees love, bachelor buttons, or tall argeratum, status or straw flowers, which are all really nice in the garden. Okay, enough about that. On to this week's in-food holiday. Today is National Chocolate Chip Day, and I think I might celebrate by actually making some cookies. Plus, I got in the mail um, some chocolate chip cookies from one of the Jens for my birthday made by her brother. Um, I like the recipe that is on the back of the Toll House cookie bag, but I will usually cut the number of chocolate chips in half or mix in mini semi-sweet chips with regular sized milk chocolate chips and then double the amount of nuts and also double the amount of vanilla. I also use butter and never margarine in a cookie like that. I don't know if I told you, but I did try those crumble cookies and they were fine, but I probably don't need to get them again. They were too damp. It was like eating the top of a cupcake, which is fine, but that's not a cookie. Today is also Nylon Stocking Day, and I have to say this is a holiday that most assuredly should have gone by the wayside a long time ago. Monday is National Coquille Saint-Jacques Day, and I will cop to having to look up what the heck that was. It appears to be something I would absolutely never eat, but you might like it. It's kind of a baked scallop dish with heavy cream and cheese and some herbs. Some recipes have thyme, and some have added cayenne pepper, so it seems like it's a bit of a free-for-all, and then with breadcrumbs on top. It is also barbecue day, which is one of those funny things. Up north, we called anything that we uh, cooked outside a barbecue, but you absolutely do not call a cookout a barbecue in the south. And it is also uh, do something good for your neighbor day, and I did that yesterday, which was to buy my neighbor, Sarah, some specialty specialty tomatoes that she had been unable to find Um, on the way home from the farmer's market. We stopped several places looking for them until I found them for her. It is also Mimosa Day, but it is not clear that that's the mimosa, the tree or the drink. But let's just assume it's the Champagne and Juice Day because it's also Love a Tree Day, so clearly trees are already being supported on Monday. Tuesday, May 17th is Cherry Cobbler Day, which again, as I say every week, is not a cherry season, but whatever. Additionally, it is Walnut Day, which is one of my favorite nuts, but I will be honest and say that I like all nuts except for hazelnuts. Well, and D's Nuts. I'm sorry, I could not resist saying that. And apropos of what we talked about earlier in the podcast, it is also Pack Rat Day. Wednesday is Cheese Soufflé Day, and honestly, people just do not do soufflés anymore, and that's too bad because they are so good. Thursday is Devil's Food Cake Day, and I hope you will all make or get one and celebrate. Do you know what the difference is between Devil's Food and just chocolate cake? Devil's Food is darker and richer and sometimes fluffier because it uses more butter but fewer eggs, and it's made with cocoa and often coffee, whereas chocolate cake is made with melted chocolate. Devil's Food also uses extra baking soda, which raises the pH level and gives it that darker color. Friday is Quiche Lorraine Day, which is quiche with bacon and cheese. Usually it's a sharp white cheddar. And I am not a fan of quiche with bacon, mostly because I don't like my bacon all soggy. But I do like to make a quiche with chunks of ham or with chicken sausage, tater tots, and some kind of green vegetable like spinach or broccoli or green beans make quiche like I make banana bread, two or three at a time, save one for eating, give two away. Friday is also pick strawberries day, which finally a seasonally appropriate holiday. All of the places here are open for pick your own, and I love so much to pick strawberries, but I don't like dealing with other people who are also picking strawberries, who are not being respectful of the farm or of the rows, and who are not watching their kids or their pets, who are running roughshod all over the plants. Interestingly, it is also be a millionaire day, as if that's something you can just be, but I'm going to call an audible here and say that if you're celebrating that, I'm tacking on pay your damn taxes day. It's also bike to work day, but only if you live in a community where it's safe to do that. We do not. Ben has to drive part of the way to work, park in a residential neighborhood, and then ride the rest of his way to work because our county and our work county did not compare comprehensive plans and the bike path literally stops at our county border. Insert exhausted urban planning eye roll right here. It is also rescue dog day. So what should we get Ladybug and Waffles to celebrate? Like a gift or do you think they should have baths? You decide. And finally, Saturday is strawberries and cream day. Again, another seasonally appropriate holiday for you to celebrate, at least here in the US. My other calendar tells me it is also learn to swim day and I am a big fan of everyone learning to swim. It is also memo day and on my memo it will say, hey, you should learn to swim. So there are your food and otherwise holidays for a week. And a reminder that I have a Patreon set up if you are at all interested in supporting the podcast. There are four levels of support with different rewards and surprises. The first rewards came in the mail yesterday, and I will be getting ready to send them out next week. Please keep rating and sharing the podcast so that I get invited to give two TED Talks, because that would really be something, wouldn't it? In the meantime, remember, it is absolutely time to plant the garden or your front porch pots. If you have a swimming pool, invite people over to use it and stay hydrated in the warmer weather. See you next week.